This is the Protagonist Podcast. You're here with Grant Jolly, Daniel Alexander, and our guest this evening, Jaron Gage. Jaron is an incredible human being. We're super happy to have him here tonight. Just as a reminder, the Protagonist Podcast is a podcast that looks to highlight the transformative process of the hero's journey. And we feel like if you can find where you're at in any given time, through the help of people around you who have been through similar things, you can be, have, be more confident about the process as opposed to getting fearful of thinking that you're living a purposeful life or purposeless life and that there's no hope and things like that. And so Jaron is somebody who I know personally have known for a while now, um, and he's got an amazing story. Little parts of it I've gotten to hear and gotten to walk through some life with him. So we're super happy, super happy to have him on and looking to get some golden nuggets from him tonight. What's up, Jay? How are you doing? It's, it's good to be here. It's good to be here live. Yeah. Uh, this isn't true. some virtual thing. I had to kind of find you and miss my exit on the way, but you know, right. it all, it all. Hey, <laughs> you forgot how to get to an actual place. Yes, yes. Um, so, Jay, would you just share a little bit about who you are, just a snapshot, and then Grant's got some kind of yeah. a structure for us to work through that's very loose because we want to, we want it to be authentic, but just share a little bit about yeah oh wow what a question i know and we'll probably fill in the gaps um um you know as we go along but yeah i i, I don't know how to really answer the question but I, I guess i would just say you know i'm the only child of a of a single mom who really kind of came up from not so much you know not so much but um along the process had to discover some things that um i didn't really know how much i would need later on in life and and so as I kind of took that journey, I probably experienced so many different things. I never really took a whole lot of value to, to all these little things that I would, I would learn along the way. But just kind of coming up, no real pressure or, or, or kind of um, insistence on college from my mom. We, we basically just uh, survived <laughs> instead of thrived. Um, you know, it was pretty much a month-to-month thing kind of growing up. But um, nothing I would ever really regret in so many ways, um, learned so much through those times, but really just to come up to understand more, learning about my identity, learning who I was, learning what value I could add, and then eventually um, seeing where I could add that value and what that would look like. Would it be in an entrepreneurial sense? I, I fought the, the idea, would I, would I be this, this college guy and like get this career? Would I, you know, struggle with that tension? And then onto, you know, relationships that, that, that were great. And then some weren't, you know, and then um, having two kiddos and being a father and, and then, you know, the journey of, um, man, am, am, I, am I just mentally, you know, am I building just my intellect or do I have like, what's this spiritual side look like in, in that journey too? So uh, it's, it's, I guess it'd be hard to answer that, like ultimately, but at the end of the day, I just like to think that, you know, I'm a person that, um, if I can, probably early to bring up like a little quote, quote but I, I love this from Mother Teresa. She just, two weeks before she passed away, she, she asked uh, Mother Teresa, what, what are we ever going to do without you? She said that her reply was just something. She said, you know, if you can find somebody just as useless as me, they'll far surpass me. And so, you know, I like to think that, man, if I can just be used or if I can just add value, if I can just you know, pour into to my kiddos. Um, I guess that's that's something. Of course, just a life living a love, and um, yeah, I think that's kind of a broad way to say. Yeah, yeah. Think, so I appreciate you speaking yeah. to that because it is a broad question, and I just want to say out mm-hmm. the gate mm-hmm. to anyone listening to us here, like to me, you are a protagonist. Mm-hmm. You know, the protagonist is not always the the good guy necessarily. It doesn't always make the right choice. 
but it, it, he or she is the person who undergoes the greatest change mm-hmm. and the greatest transformation. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's beauty in that. Mm-hmm. And so just wanted to say that from the jump, y'all, like this is going to be awesome because Jaron speaks from his heart and has a lot to share and um, is willing to, to connect with us. So anyways, that's all that we'll go there as far as just the focused question like to that. Yeah. Grant's got um, something for us here, but really appreciate it. Looking forward to hearing where this goes so yeah well yeah jared thanks uh, again for being here man uh it's good to see you uh again after the courts prior to mexico um, yeah yeah uh jared helped us out with some basketball prior to uh to a little excursion i took mm. mid-covid uh tulum by the way for anyone that's wondering they do not abide by any uh covet standards of safety <laughs> So if you oh, want to try and test your luck, uh, go check out Tulum. Oh no masks. Like, Tourism is not taking a hit here <laughs> at all. No, not even a little bit. Um, I think they forgot or just didn't check into the news of what's going on. But um, man, I, I wanted to, for people who maybe don't know you know anything about you, me being kind of one of them, mm-hmm. uh, I, I l- I'd love to know a little bit about what you're you know currently focused on. And then I'd love to backtrack to, to you know, what you mentioned about growing up as uh, you know, with a single parent. Mm-hmm. Um, you said you have two, two children right now. What is it that you're, you're you know, really focused on that's maybe bringing you the most joy and fulfillment right now that you could speak to? Ah, there, there's, there's a guy that, uh, something comes to my mind when just answering that, and he, he said his daughter comes up to me, he says, Daddy, 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 how do you uh, have this life? And, you know, and he's like, well, that's easy. I just, I just created and I step into it, you know? And so my, my thing now is just how do I create the life that I, that I want and then just step into it and do it? But, but just to answer some of that, um, I think that's kind of my end goal is just like the things that I do, is it helping me to, you know, I always just think like, even as you're asking that question, I'm thinking my kiddos, my kiddos, you know, like what, what am I doing to just making sure that, that they're loved and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a position to spend time with them. I'm creating memories. I'm not just trying to like buy material stuff, but like what, what can I do to just impact them with, with just with what I can control? And um, so, yeah, I think that's that's kind of that. And so a lot of stuff kind of revolves around that, like what it is that I do, how I do my schedule and, and just in and, and those types of things. So, yeah, I think I'm missing missing a question, but but I think I I think I answered that. No, yeah. That's, that's yeah. good. So what. Um, so in order to be able to be there to provide for them, to create those moments together, how are you doing that with with work, with like, what is it that you do for work? Um, yeah. Things like that. Okay. Um, I started off really, and I, I, this goes back to even, bef- even before, just when I was in middle school, I started um, uh, mowing lawns for people. And then, you know, I, I got the feeling of something results driven instead of like trading your time for a certain amount. And then I went on, I'll, I'll never forget a moment in high school where I was I had this idea. I don't condone selling blow pops, but I, you know it's not good for you. But anyway, I, I found an opportunity to to sell candy, and um, I did so well during that week that the office took note of it, and then they they called me in and they shut me down. You know, I didn't have a permit. But I say this to say because you know to, I, it was hard to deny all the, the the pocket full of cash I had. You know, and then to think, oh man, I'm just gonna you know that was already speaking to I think who I was anyway. So as I began to kind of discover a little bit more about me, 
I, I would I would soon kind of realize that I think entrepreneurship or creating my own thing would probably be it for me. So I spent a period of time doing that for myself and kind of going through all the mistakes that it took to kind of do that. And then I, I'm I'm finding myself more and more and more um, just helping others do that for themselves. And so um, so that's kind of what I've been doing is kind of helping in like business development for other people, other startups, other companies. And then simultaneously, and we can probably jump, jump into it, but just to mention a little bit more, that also like writing, and um, I've been in a position where I can help um, other people prepare to eventually write a book. And so like that comes in the form of like a book proposal. So I've, this year has been a new year for me for that. So that's kind of extracurricular. So I'm kind of weaving that in and, and getting better at that uh, at the same time, trying to like serve other people to help them in their business at the same yeah, time. Yeah. But it, it sounds like a lot, but it, it does give me the ability and to do things, you know, in, in my schedule, you know, not, it's not always a hundred percent the way I'd like it, but it, yeah. it helps to be there for, you know, for the kiddos. And then, and then, and then to just use the time wisely to, to grow in other areas, not just that, which I'm sure we'll jump into, but just if I want to work out, if I self-development, whatever it is that I, that I want to do in the community, church, whatever it may be. So yeah. 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 Will you speak to, just cause I've heard you on this before and I would love to, cause, cause it came up the idea be, between results driven mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. and then time and putting a value on that time mm-hmm. and kind of like thinking about your work like that. Like, can you explain yeah. that? The dichotomy there? Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, I, I think it's the time. There's only there's few things that we'll ever get back. You know, and and time is one of them. Um, and so when I think about how much that I can kind of get from time, it hits a ceiling. You know, there's some other things I was I was thinking about recently that hit ceilings. And so I don't want to hit ceilings. I'm I'm always thinking like, how do we break through any ceilings? Like, what is it that stops us? What limits us? And I would say if we only have so much time in the day. We're, we're essentially going to offer an hour of it for an exchange of something back. And so, you know, some of us have eight, you know, the big grinders, you know, they, they've got 16, you know, they only sleep three hours a day. So, I mean, you may have more of those exchanges because you decide you want to do that and take it, but you have to take it away from something else. So my, my thoughts are, what, what can I exchange from a skill or a value sense and I can ask something back for it? And so that's what I would mean by results driven and you know and some people do real well per hour you know if you're a professional like you're a, a lawyer or maybe a doctor and you know, maybe you do get paid really well per hour but um but I, but I just I just think in the overall sense I'm just more results driven I, think, I actually think most people are result more results driven mm. but maybe they haven't like really dived into that and heard that and, and things like that so yeah so you would advocate yeah. just at least for yourself you're not saying blanket for everybody but like if you can figure out a way to say here's something that I can do to help you accomplish a goal or mm-hmm. fix a problem or something. And then almost market yourself as that, as opposed to saying you own me for this amount of the day mm-hmm. and I'll do whatever you want within that time. Mm-hmm. As long as it's within the guidelines of a you know job description or a contract or whatever. Yeah. But you're saying you would push against that because I'm sure you've done yeah. both. Oh, oh <laughs> absolutely. And I think doing both is, is the best thing. I think sometimes I've heard like, billionaires say that you know their worst fears their child growing up and not really learning the essence of like that hard work or they feel entitled or things like that so the first job I went the first real quote <laughs> real job I've ever had was I turned 18 
And I went and worked at the airline. And at the airline, I was that guy. If you're in the airplane, you looked out and he's doing the bags. You know? <laughs> so I was inside that plane while y'all were sitting comfy, you know, in, in that plane. But yeah, I would you, stack you're just, back. You're oh. breaking things inside of oh, people's man, luggage. I, I, just I, I, I did shampoo break. bottles. I, <laughs> blast it. I saw many up a person throw some bags. I, I was, I, I did, I think I did pretty good, you know. But I just stack quick and move quick. And, and, and out of probably 20 people in the class, I think two or three lasted over like in the next year or two, you know, so not many people make it, but you know, I, I would pick up double shifts and, you know, being like really, really in that position all day, like one flight in one flight out and just back to back to back to back and, you know, nothing else. And just sitting there in, in sweat and just everything it takes to like, to, to be yelled at, to be told what to do, to be just whatever it may be to sacrifice. I mean, that's just, that's just kind of one thing, but I've been through different job scenarios and then I've framed houses. I've I've kind of almost done. I've worked in an antique refinishing shop. I mean tall what and you name it, throwing the cigarette on the ground, hey, clean that up, you know, what person walking away. I mean, whatever it is, the the feeling that essence of somebody over you, you know, I I've, I've definitely been, you know, and not to mention, like I mentioned earlier, I mean most of my life has been really about like surviving. So this was it, it seemed to be just a build upon of what I was already kind of going through so a part of me just says there's more than this there's more than just this and so for for those out there who love like doing what they do i i, I mean i endorse that that's <laughs> i've seen the greatest people fall into their passion and just do what they do for those that don't maybe they're in a, a job but if that job ultimately leads them to like the passion their passion beyond that it's really served a purpose you know so there's there's people out there doing their job, but they're actually gaining something from something that they ultimately would do that would be results driven. Mm. Or, so, yeah, kind yeah. of. Mm. I would love to know, you know, get a little more in depth on your career path because I mean, a lot of people, myself included, struggle with knowing where to find yourself within this giant system of trading your time for money and mm. what should you do? Should I? you know, to kind of just follow the path that maybe my parents set out for me, go to business school, mm. go to like mm. pursue a reputable mm. titled job. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that experience like for you, you know, yeah. going into the workforce? Um, maybe just take us from the beginning of maybe your first job. You mentioned you were selling yeah. suckers or candy yeah, or blow, something. Yeah, straight from Costco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was, was, that, was that the entry point into your first uh, like hustle? Or just take us maybe yeah, start from slippery, the beginning. Slippery slope. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I, I, I would have, I think, and, and I'll have to say at the outset, I think my background in, in kind of course how I've gone and journey is totally different so I don't want anybody to think that you know I'm not expecting people to certainly understand the different things but I'll I'll do my best to maybe make a few mentions but um, when I absolutely had nothing I was in sixth grade I went from living one area to coming back from a vacation that I was on to living completely in a new area I, I Basically, my mom at that time, she wasn't well. And so in order to have a place to stay, um, there was an exchange for to live at this place that we'd live with this older fellow. My mom would help take care of him. Well, I was living in the part of Houston, northeast Houston, and I went on a little vacation. And when I came back, we were in a totally new environment, a new house. I had nothing. I didn't know what was going on. And so for me, it was it was more about, 
you know, what can I do with what I can control? I know I can knock on a door and I know the, and I know I can ask them, would you like your front or back lawn mode? <laughs> and all they could do is say yes or no. And I, and, and I would, every 10 doors, I, I would get a yes, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I would be like, and they would say oh, 15 or $20 for me. I would take that money, go straight to the grocery store, and I would buy a massive steak and A1 sauce. And I was like, oh, I was so excited, you know? So, so that's, for me, it just, it just like, okay, it only took me 30 minutes. And, and I would go and, and, and just make something look beautiful. I would get the money for it, and then I would buy it. And so for me, it spoke to me. And so as I went through, I, always, I had that in me. And then when I was, um, I think it was 10th grade, in high school, that's when I was with a friend. We were at Costco. I didn't have a membership. I was with them, and we ended up having the idea. And I bought a box for like five dollars forty eight cents or forty eight or something like that, you know. And so all I knew was had my pockets were stuffed with cash. And so at this point, anybody listening that might think, "Oh man, he's just trying to get that that money." But again, it was month to month surviving, you know, yeah. just surviving. So for me, it was more about freedom. It wasn't necessarily. I'm just trying to get rich, anything like that, because there might be people listening that, man, they're interested in trafficking. They want to get in the ministry or something. They want to do this. So I heard this guy's name's Dr. Purpose, and he just said, hey, what makes you laugh? What makes you cry? What makes you angry? What, makes you, what annoys you? And, and when you start to answer these questions, you start to find a pattern, and you start to find a purpose. And so we grow up, and our, our parents, they, they mean well, and they want us to they just they want the best for us. They say, hey, you know what? You're good. And they identify some things in us. They want us to get the degree. And we certainly should go for that and attempt that. But sometimes there's going to be a pattern on our hearts. And if we discover it late, we might look back and be like, man, you know, maybe this whole thing is a waste. I, I don't think it really was. But the earlier we can feel these patterns, um, and, and speaking on that, I the same thing I just mentioned, I have like a little... Um, notepad and I, I said you know what makes me laugh like what makes me cry and I anytime I feel that emotion I go back because I'm still looking you know for those things but um you know and, and just to continue answering your question you know with that I I was always trying to feel what is it that moves me what is my passion and I just knew on some level that that's where it was at because you know in school it was very difficult to for me to just make myself be an A student and so I think it, it's amazing if anybody is listening and, you know, just saying this now, anybody who achieves that is, is awesome. I, I respect that. But, you know, for me, it was about by me going and considering, you know, what I would do, it meant that I would not be in this results driven position. And so I was having, I, I call them competing values. You know, a part of me wants all this greatness and a part of me, um, you know, wants like it, 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 um, the best word I would have is that it, the part that competes for me for greatness is perfection. And so with perfection and greatness, they, they kind of stall themselves out. And so I've had, I had to learn how to overcome that. And I know that we'll probably dive into some of those mind, you know, mental, mental things. But, but for me, I had to go through a journey. If I want to be great, if I want to be entrepreneurial, if I want to do these things, I can't worry about failure, you know? And so, so yeah, through the journey of things, um, you know, uh, I would say when I did that, when I finished that airline position, I came back and, um, you know, kind of to like everyday life. And I kind of did some in and out things. I spent time framing houses. I did roofing, did this antique refinishing things. I was trying to find like, what, what is it in me that, that like, what is it that I'm destined to do? I felt like I could do something great, but like, what is going on, you know? And, um, and I know that college was always there. And so, um, 
And that's what I did. I ended up kind of um, considering that. But be- just before that, I was told that, hey, if you go do this job, I've heard that there's per diem. They pay for your hotel. You get all this money. And I, I, all I heard is like towers. Like, like you can just do some tower stuff, you know? And I was like, okay, what's that? And he said like how much you made. I was like, look, I need to save for a car. I'm in. So, <laughs> so he's like, yeah, just do this and call this number. And I was at this antique refinishing shop and I was sweeping and um, a few things happened. And the person that was there, they, they, threw a, they threw down their cigarette and they said that, hey, you know, I was sweet when I was, as I was sweeping, um, and you know, the, this, the, the owner, um, threw down his cigarette and said he'd be at the parts store. And he said that, Hey, clean all this up after he threw down his cigarette, just clean all this kind of stuff up. And then, uh, I'll be back. Now at this point, I feel like I'm in the height of my life. Like I'm trying to do great things. And, you know, I know diligence and I have been working hard and I, I know what it's like to be determined and things like this, but, but something in that moment said, I'm, I'm more than this, you know? So I picked up the number and I had this 1-800 number in my pocket that that guy gave me, and I, I just I, I made the call, you know. And so they, they got the flight for me to go on out, you know, went in, walked into this beautiful building. Um, everybody's treating you so kindly, very nice office people. <laughs> it sounds like you're about to be a drug mule. <laughs> <laughs> I, was just, I was just so excited. I heard about the money. Everybody's great. People in suits, air conditioning. I was like, man, I heard about tower stuff, though. I, I mean, I know there's things beyond this, and so... Last thing, the, the very nice lady at the desk said to me, "Is like, okay, you'll be you'll be riding this this uh, group of group of guys out to the site." And I said, like, "Oh, okay, okay." And so I get in the truck. They throw me in the back of where the tools are, and there's like this closed door. You can I can barely even fit inside, and there's all these older guys like rough. And we got out to the site, and and so I'm kind of just by myself, and I look up, and there's this guy hanging like 200 feet high. And I'm just like, what in the world did I get myself into? It was like, I was in Kansas City. I don't even remember where I was. You know what I mean? I was just like, so I'm like, okay, there's no turning back. Like, I have to save for a car. Like, this is it. I mean, I wouldn't turn back anyway. So I ended up doing that for the next two years, like going and joining a crew of guys and it went all over the country. And uh, yeah, I was, I was the, they called them the green, you're green, you're brand new. So I did all the hard work and but uh, in that whole journey was I would learn so much in that in that whole time being with those guys. But I'd eventually come back. I was done with outside work. I was done with seeing just nothing but guys. I wanted inside jobs. So, <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, yeah. you you were for the towers. What exactly are you doing on the towers? Okay, what? so yes, yeah, so we stacked them and built them. So those cell phone towers um, that we all see when we drive. They um, cell phone companies would pay other construction type companies to build those. And they would also pay them to like to install new antennas, such like AT and T, Verizon, and all that would pay these types of companies to install new locations, expand their territory. So like even now as we speak during the time of this podcast, like five G, there's antennas trying to go everywhere for five G or whatever it is. So so that's what we would do. They would send us all over the country. It just so happened the guy that I was involved doing this with, he was from Minnesota and loved the cold. And when we'd get job opportunities to the south in Florida, he would always say no. I was like, nah. I was like, bring us south. I'm too I, I, number one. I'm too skinny for that. I'm, I'm from Texas, and so, you know, so that was not the best part of the, the career. Wow. In Lincoln, Nebraska, negative 20, climbing a 200-foot, like, tower and being told to change the coax color code cables. The tape wouldn't even come off the thing to do it. And took my gloves off to try to peel the tape off, and my, my hand would start immediately hurting. <laughs> I, was up, I was up at the top in December of that, that point, and I knew that, that um, I probably wouldn't be coming back after my, my <laughs> trip. So that's a real-life story right there, so... Yes, uh, but yeah. Where did that job take you? You were in 
like how, all over the country you said it, it did it did I, it literally uh, my friend was on facebook he said he posted something he said how many states have you been to and i never really thought about it and um and I added it up, and I counted 34 states. There was one person that went all 50. I don't know how they went all 50, but, <laughs> you know. But, but 34, and it was really predominantly that. So by 22, I'd already been to all these all over, you know. And so and I, when I worked at the airline, I went to some places overseas, and I took advantage of the free flight benefits and all like that. So um, I felt like I hadn't been to college, but I had been doing this, you know. And so I was learning on this level. That's where I was. I was right. starting to get into kind of like seeing what honestly seeing what I didn't want the rest of my life. Right. And not that I ever wanted that to begin with. I just knew like okay, this is for sure. Like people who did this, that's what they did. Right. Um, but yeah, um, West Virginia. We lived in Marshall, West Virginia for a few months. Chicago, just just uh, Minnesota, Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, uh, man, it can go on and on. But yeah, all right. over anywhere they need us, but. He refused to go south, so <laughs> that's my only disappointment. <laughs> so just so I have the the chronology right, you went uh, kind of started door knocking on doors at sixteen or so. Sixth grade. Sixth grade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you had you had a lawnmower, I assume. Actually, and... it was the guy where my mom decided to help. Yeah. He, he had the lawnmower. So when I got back with my first one, he was about eighty years old. And he actually walked out and made his way to the garage and told me that if I'm going to use his lawnmower, that I would need to pay an interest amount like on it. Wow. <laughs> so wow. there's that story. So you borrowed the lawnmower, you paid this guy <laughs> for using the lawnmower. And how many lawns would you say you mowed over the course of that career span? The, well, the good news on the lawnmower is he, he never kind of circled back around to ask me. Thank goodness. <laughs> I was trying to get the biggest thing I could get. You know, my A1, I didn't feel like parting money, but... Um, if you're listening to this right now, uh, lawnmower man, we're yeah. sorry, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, yeah, I would say that was in the summertime. I didn't know anybody there. I, I would probably say um, in the course of a week, I, I could see like five to ten a week, you know, during the course of the summer. Yeah, and that's just going on just a quick memory on it, but wow. probably the. And most interesting experiences after I started knocking on everybody's door. I didn't know anybody. I had the the kids on the block actually kind of pull out their lawnmowers, and we met at an intersection. And I stared at them. They stared at me. And I was like, uh, <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm I'm in their neighborhood, you know. So yeah, we had a little competition. Is there as a well, shootout or anything? Man, like that? <laughs> they did not like me. They did not like me at all. But man. but we ended up being friends. So yeah, you know how guys. That's we, good. We market fight. Com market yeah. competition. Yeah, no, yeah. Healthy. You know, you know, Healthy if we fight, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. I ended up getting a. a the few fights I've been in my life, I ended up getting a fight with one of the kids. But yeah, we became good friends after that. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Man, but, what a rough game. So you go from some from yeah. mowing lawns to selling candy illegally. <laughs> school, apparently illegally. And then you have a bunch of different, you work at the airline. Eventually you're working this job. They're paying you well, I'd imagine, because mm -hmm. it's, dangerous and uncomfortable and yeah. weird temperatures and obscure yeah. places. Yes. Now, no, most people wouldn't think it would be pay well because of risking. But for me, at the age I was at, hotel pay for, you it know, awesome. pay. yes, yes. Gotcha. Yes, and yes. then you yep. realize, <laughs> but I'm still meant for more. Mm -hmm. The jobs that you've had, you said taught you a lot and you get to learn things, but there, at no point did you feel like your passion was fulfilled and that you were 
living out your max potential. No, so no. you're still searching. Still searching okay, at this so point. At this point, yeah, still searching. Still searching, and I think the only thing that some of these things were doing was tapping in on the adventure aspect of me. So at the airline, I definitely took advantage of the free uh, flight benefits, whereas a lot of people didn't. That was just wow. their job. Or, you know, when I went to work, um, you know, when I went to do the tower work, I. I I kept it to myself that I would be back. I was only there for the goal of saving enough money to get my my first real car. And so, I mean, I I, I literally deflated my basketball and I put it in my little pack. And, and so when I went there, all the other guys, they went out and did all their own stuff. I, I, I got my basketball. I went and walked on my own. Like I did my, like, even though I was with them and I, I definitely wanted to be a team with them, I still did my own thing and I had my own I had my own vision of what I wanted to achieve when I was when I was out there, and so it wasn't it wasn't the easiest thing to do, but but uh yeah, so that I think I'm still searching. I know that's not what I wanted to do, but when I was out there, it was this adventure to like achieve something. Whether it was I'm on a tower and I'm rappelling down, or you know ultimately I'm not going to be here, and just um, the idea of kind of um, going to bed every night and thinking about that. Um, you know, I, I, I was on this, this journey, this adventure. Yeah. So, yeah. Man, that's awesome. All right. Well, I'm curious. Do you have anything? Cause I want to keep, I want to hear yeah. the kind of progression, okay. you know, to where now you're doing something completely different, yeah. living a completely different life. Um, you know, I know you worked at GNC. We've talked mm-hmm, about that mm-hmm, and managed mm-hmm, in that space. So I'm just curious how yeah. Kind of that goes. You don't have to go. I mean, unless you want to super deep on those things, but I do want to hear if you don't mind the progression of like okay. some of the obscure stuff the, that's happened. Okay, these next things I won't go to too much detail, but it'll. I think I can. I'll say it to where I can bring it to where I'm at today. Perfect. So basically, after having all those outdoor jobs and being around all the the guys, all right, like I was like, man, let me see what it's like to be inside. <laughs> you know? Well, my mom wasn't well, and she met this amazing doctor. Um, he's an amazing guy and you know, I ended up learning a lot about nutrition and supplements from that point. That's a whole other topic. But, and so by the time I get back from working on the road, I get, I do get that car. I was so thankful about that. Um, I, I said, what, what, what about just working indoors? And, and so I, I found out that Smoothie King was hiring. So I was like, oh, okay. I know, I know a little bit about like smoothies and nutrition, you know, plus Oh, there's females there, you know. Let me go. Let me and go air ahead. Man, I was so surprised. This one girl like me. I was like, okay, this is a good feeling. I get paid, and you know, all this other fun stuff. But, but uh, right in the course of that, I I saw this GNC, and I walked in there. And I was like, look, I, I don't like I don't know about like GNC, but I know about supplements. And so, like, it was probably the only time in my life I just I like walked in a place and just said, look, I know I can make this place better. Like, if you just hire me. I'll, I'll be able to like really help people and I know this stuff. And, and so I kind of just stayed with it. I stayed consistent with it. And I, I tell people sometimes like, I oh, just turn in a resume. No, like don't just turn in the resume, like turn in the resume, go meet them. Every, I heard this quote, every company is looking for good people always. Like they're always looking for good people. So for me, I wanted to go in there and just say, Hey, look, I, I really can, um, you know, can kind of turn this around. The reason why I spend time on this is because doing this is what taught me the next part of where I'm at, which is communication. Like when I, he eventually did hire me and um, I went on to do that and I went on to understand, number one, if anybody can, on this side of things can relate. Sometimes when you come from not so much, you kind of feel like money is, it, it's just scarce. 
you know, and I've, I've talked to you, Daniel, before a little bit about like abundance. I'm, I'm real big about like seeing abundance and all that kind of stuff. But I'll never forget when somebody wanted to buy like a, a diet product. It was $39.99. I just thought just one little 60 tablet bottle, you know, for $39.99. And this is a very simplistic thing to say now because, I mean, you know, I'm sure most listen, it's no big deal. But in my life at that time, I just felt like, man, who, it's just... I'm so used to just paying the bills, just making it, just this, just that. And, and I just needed to see all these people spending money. And, and I just needed to see it. I needed to communicate with people. I ended up becoming a manager from there. I wanted them to be a manager at a vitamin shop as well, you know, after that. But, um, but during the course of that time, I would meet so many people. I would have thousands of conversations with people. I would help them. I would see them take kind of what I did and it kind of made their life a little bit better. And um, just learning all the multiple personalities, talking too much would turn people out, telling more people something helped them, you know, being light with some people would help them. It just, the, the, there's, no, there's nothing you can replace with talking to thousands of people, you know, and it pulled the, the kind of the part of me that wanted to be a little bit quieter. Like I said, only child, single mom, I'd have a lot of my childhood just being by myself. And so for people that know me today, it's like, oh, he talks, or he talks a little bit here and there, this and that. And for me, I had, like, I felt like that had to come out of me. If I wanted to just do well or help people, I had to speak. So um, that's why I'll probably say a few things on here before I would transition to anything else, because that point of being in customer service and helping people, you know, meant, man, it meant so much. And so that would later, in turn, take my first leap into entrepreneurship and and go from there so wow yeah so if i'm not mistaken you wouldn't say you're naturally just like i was just always talking and i love to talk and love it yeah. not necessarily that mm-hmm. and it was yeah. like almost the tension or the the weight of if i don't figure this out or if i don't grow in this area i'm not gonna win that that's a good that's a good way to say it i i mean every job i had before that communication was it was not needed. You just right. labor and do it and get after it. Just do sweat. what you're told, basically. Yeah, yeah. And in basketball, you guys can relate. In basketball, I was I was used to going a hundred percent, like just going, going, going. So when it came to being at the airline, I mean, I would just go, 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 go. I mean, it sweating did not bother me at all. I would just do it. But in this environment, that that's the least thing you need. You wow. need communication, and you need to be able to look at somebody in their eye, and you need to be able to add value. And, and so now I'm going, these two worlds are now converging. Wow. And in order for me, yeah, in order for me to really do well, especially the mindset from people in management that come from a sales aspect, and they may not think about helping people. I mean, I'll never forget one manager, it was a regional manager, and he said, Jaren, like, you know, tell me a little bit more if you want this position, this and that. And I said, oh, I love to help people. I love to do, do, do. You know, oh, help them do this, help them do this. He's just quietly just staring at me. And I said, but, you know, if I can achieve these numbers, he's like, that's the best thing I heard you say all day. I was like, whoa, you know, <laughs> it was all about the money, you know. But, but it, I, I was thinking if he can hear me as I help people, and I've learned this, it will increase the per, per sale average right. cost, right? right? Like, so if I help people more, but he's just tuned into that, that dollar amount. Right. Where I was, I was thinking, man, I just, how can I help people, you know? So you're so, saying the, the shift is your focus is on benefiting someone adding actual value mm-hmm. and letting the dollar amount attach itself to that value that's right as a manifestation mm-hmm. or a tag onto the value that you're bringing that person absolutely whereas yeah. this guy and, and i do i would maybe argue we've had these conversations grant that most people would see the flip of that 
being kind to someone or helping is mm-hmm. only the means to my ultimate mm-hmm. goal mm-hmm. of money. Mm-hmm. So the value mm-hmm. I'm bringing is not actually that important. It's just my means to an end, mm-hmm. which makes me become an actor mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. I need to do to kind of like, like you said, the, the best thing you said today was that you're going to hit your, right. that's what this is about. <laughs> it's not about mm-hmm. helping people get better. And if that's a byproduct, mm-hmm. that's great. That's fine. Yeah. We don't want any lawsuits or anything. So right, like, right. that's great. But <laughs> right. ultimately, so I'm interested, does that work? Like, does it work to actually focus on adding value? Because I, yeah. I, as an idealistic person, I want to say yes, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I want to hear your, you know, know your perspective. Does, yeah. Is it worth giving yourself completely to that idea that I'm going to focus on helping people mm-hmm. and let that work itself out? Yeah, there's probably two ways to answer it. I, I'll say this. I, this book I came across by Og Mandino, it's called The Greatest Salesman in the World. And I, I picked it up and... You know, sometimes you think, oh, man, it's going to be a how-to. And I knew I wouldn't read that, but I kind of learned about him. He, he teaches, like, in story-based stuff. And he just said that you will look at your customer, and you'll look at them right in their eyes, and you'll love them deeply, compassionately with really everything. And I think if you really start with, like, truly loving, like, truly caring for somebody, I think it does two things in that moment if you just, like, just freeze that. What it does, if you're not happy about the job that you're in, then you do need something that's transcendent in that wow. moment. You need to care about it. Like you need to, while you're transitioning, do that higher principle thing. Like love this. So for me, I was like, you know what? I'm not, I don't want to do this the rest of my life, definitely. But you know, while I'm here, I can really help people. Like I, I think I can add value to people. And by doing that simultaneously, like they, you know, it does help that particular store or franchise, whatever it may be. And then you're mentally okay. Like mm. emotionally, you're healthy being there. And, and I think that's the key is that I was looking, since I had this battle of not really being where I wanted to be, and since that I wasn't going to give up on it, and, and since I knew that, that there is an answer to this whole thing, I was constantly looking for an avenue of mental, just mental health in this area. Like I wanted to be emotionally happy every day. And so like if I'm going to do this, my thought is like, you know, really, you know, how can I really help transform somebody, change somebody? That would be fulfilling until I get to where I'm at. Wow. Yeah. So, was, and then, yeah. Was that book, um, it's funny you mentioned that because I've, I've been listening to Matthew McConaughey's uh, Green Lights. Green Lights. Yeah. He so talks about that book. Yeah. Actually, I didn't know it because I haven't been through it yet, but I've been really? hearing all his interviews and I'm, I'm on it. It's in my queue. That was Green Lights. him reading that book was kind of a transformational moment for wow. him. And uh, so, Wow. All that to say, you might be the next Matthew McConaughey. Oh, man. Hey, I'm going to get your hair, Grant. I'm going to get your hair and your beard. <laughs> you can build a, a superhuman kind of person. Right. Dude, all three of us, man. But was that, was that book kind of an eye-opening moment for you, or how would you describe that? I think just the story of Ogmandino, he came from nothing, like homeless on the streets. I think he'd been about to take his life, and he just decided to put himself in a – he went in a library and just started to, like, consume – and so I, I think I've, I think for some of us, I, I think sometimes it's one thing somebody says somebody, but like you brought up Matthew, like he's a real guy, you know, and so when he says something, I'm ready to receive it. Sometimes I'll qualify people before I just take anything. I hear I do that with music too. I want to know who they are. And if I know they live that and they believe that it's authentic, it's authentic to me, um, man, I'd be remiss to not bring up um, somebody just like Ogmandino in a customer that was at when I was managing that GNC, who was very doing very well in life. 
um, one of the greatest gifts he could give me, not money, but like knowledge. He gave me a volume set of, to this day, my, one of my favorite speakers and people ever. His name's, his name's Earl Nightingale. And, and so he gave like a roadmap. I'd wash my car. I mean, at this point, I was 22, 23 years old. I would just, I would I almost never like, I would listen to music and music was definitely a part, but really this is what I consumed. I would just lead. I mean, the, all the stuff that he would explain and teach and teach in stories about life. I mean, I just consumed that, man. I mean, I just knew, I knew where I was and I knew where I wanted to be in, in the middle, it, it, how to get there. And so I just never felt like I should ever stop that. And so, um, you know, when I would learn something, I would say, oh, I just lived all these lives, all, all this part of my life, I would live it. Like, and I lived it without this new skill. And so when I got this new skill, I knew that with awareness that, that I'm living right now without this skill that I would learn. So it's kind of, it became not addicting, but it's really compelling to keep on learning because this next skill I'm going to have is going to make me better, but I know I'm not living with it right now, so I need to get it, right? I need to absorb it. And so between like Ogmandino and Earl Nightingale, some of these timeless guys that were teaching these timeless principles, like I was just ready to like put it, put it in me. And like, how do I like put this to use? I know I can, I know I can do something with this. So yeah. 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 And so you, you know, from the beginning, you're, kind of putting yourself out there, even going back to, again, mowing the lawns, like you had the idea to go seek out someone who had a lawnmower, knock on doors, make money. Like you had the idea to kind of go to Costco, sell candy. Um, and then now you're going through all these kind of odd jobs uh, and, and you've transitioned now into this, this managerial role where you're having to learn new skills, communicate with customers. Um, you're, you're taking in, you know, these tools and books and resources to, to kind of like up your game and add more skills to your to your toolbox like where where would you say that all came from Was, mm. how did you start that yeah um i think no i think it goes back to the desire to like wherever i'm at i want to be the best at it and and we if we get into like the mindset of stuff i feel like sometimes what would be considered maybe something that seems like dysfunctional can serve you well and so because of kind of how i grew up in in kind of the dynamic that i grew up I didn't want to really make too many mistakes and made, making too many mistakes means like, oh, maybe I'm, I'm in trouble or I didn't do something right. And so that, I just jumped right into that, you know, but sometimes when we have like something we haven't worked out in our life, it can serve you well. And so, and so in the position that different positions that I would be in, I would find myself like trying to excel or excelling because man, like I didn't want to not do well, you know? So it's kind of a weird answer. Because I would love to just take the credit for like, oh, I just did well. But again, I'm, as I'm going through this, this kind of, this journey in life, I'm trying to like, why is it that, you know, I, I, I don't like this job, but why am I wanting to do so well in it? You know, instead of just listening to myself, we can get into that later. But, but so, um, like I said, different term for that answer. But, but some of that is me just really in anything I want to do, a good part of me just saying, hey, I want to excel and grow and be the best one I'm, I'm doing. The other part is like, oh man, I can't make, I can't, you know, I can't make these mistakes. I mean, what if, what if, what if I do something wrong and this and that, and it means something and we'll, we'll get into that later. I think about the, the mental side of it, what was happening with me at that time. But, but um, yeah, I don't know if I answered that like exactly the way you posed it, but yeah. 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 What, are there any other, yeah. uh, while we're on the topic, tools or um, resources that you had at that age mm -hmm. uh, when you were starting to 
kind of figure out what it was that you ultimately wanted to do with your life that helped that process? That's a good, okay, that's a good question. I, I was in a, I think it was a half price, half price books, and y'all can probably get, I learned a lot from different books, but um, I saw this thing, I couldn't, I couldn't keep my eyes off it. I, I ended up buying it right, right there, right then and there. It was by Tony Robbins, it was called, um, um, well, I forgot the name and the exact name of it. But, Awaken um, the Giant Within? Yeah, that, that but I did not read. It was one right before that. Okay. It was, uh, I think it was like, it, that's a good one though. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, I did forget the name of that, but um, it was a, it was like a 10 part set and it basically put you in a position of kind of understanding um, what you don't want in life, like kind of figuring out in the way Tony tries to teach it is that you have two pains in life. And so you have the pain of now of doing it and the pain of tomorrow of not doing it. And so like in my life, I had an example on day number one, take, a, you know, because that day, like, like um, he said, I want you before you even play the other part of this tape. Like, I want you to, I want you to go ahead and and make a decision that you know that you need to do. That if you don't do it, everything we just talked about, the pain of the future would be greater than if you did it now. For me, that was reaching out to a part of my family where my great grandfather was. And I'll have like one memory of him, and that's when I was young. And at this point, I knew he was like 90-something. And I had a way, I had that thought about how I could reach him. But I was a little apprehensive on reaching out. Like I just, for whatever reason, I haven't talked to that part of the family. I haven't talked to him like a lot, a lot of part of my biological father's side. So it, it was like a big effort. And I felt that nervousness, like, and he talked about that feeling now that you're wanting to avoid. But what, what if... But what if you don't do it? You know, and I knew his age and things like, if I don't do this now, the pain of never doing it would really bother me. And so I knew in that moment, and I just to answer, I'm, I'm, I'm answering this specifically, but to make a broader statement, like in that moment, I, I was committed to learning that. And so in doing that, and so I, I literally, um, and sometimes in life, we just got to like tell ourselves what to do, enter in this computer and enter and don't check our emotions. <laughs> that's what I did. I, I literally, I picked up the phone, dialed the number, did not feel. <laughs> Sometimes we feel too much. And so I hit, and I just let it ring, you know, and then somebody picked, somebody said something. I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Jaren. <laughs> you know, uh, you know I, all I knew is I was going to do it and achieve it because I didn't want day two. I didn't want to learn. I didn't want to fulfill that. And, and I wanted, I didn't want to regret, you know, and I think there's a book that's going around now called the, Re the regrets of the dying and things like that. And, you know, they, they, there's like five questions answered. Like, I don't, I don't want to regret certain things. So he taught me then, what I learned then, and I still try to apply this, is that when you have two difficult things, if you don't make the move on the one you think is difficult, the one, oftentimes one five years from now, 10 years from now, is going to be more difficult. Mm. And so for people that are, you know, he used the example of losing weight. If you never made a move now, you close your eyes, you think of five years from now, and you never made a move. You know, what, what do you look like, you know, in terms of your life and your health and your energy, you know, five years from now, if you just never did anything. And so the idea is we can change the future. And so for me, that, that, that I learned a lot in that moment. And to answer it in more broadly, I, I, I learned a lot about what I don't want in my life and that I can actually, instead of the circumstances when I was young, always seemingly controlled how I felt on the inside. I began to learn that what I can do on the inside would change the circumstances on the outside. Mm. And so for me, you know, I knew that, man, if I can still develop the inner part of me, I know what I've experienced. I know the programming I've been in. But if I can if I can change this and start doing things, then I can change the outside. Sure enough, I would meet him shortly thereafter. He was 99 years old. 
And then three months later, he passed away. And this was just all started at a random thing at the, at the bookstore. And um, I needed that call to action in my life, you know, to do this. But um, a wonderful time, like, being with him and um, him recounting a few memories. And, you know, all that all happened out of me just taking action and, and just, like, applying it. You know? yeah. So, yeah, a lot of that I still apply to, to this day. And I, I'm hearing things on social media. People are starting to say, choose your heart. I'm hearing people say that, choose your heart. Um, uh, you know, communicating is hard, but like not communicating is hard, right? So just choose your heart, you know, it's better to communicate, you know, so. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Do you want to speak to, because that, that goes along with that, the concept of, cause, and I'm curious because I don't fully understand it, but the idea that from ages one to six or one oh, to seven, right. you know, because I'm looking at your life and it sounds like, I don't, you don't sound bitter or like, you know, anything like that, but you're also saying like the circumstances you were experiencing are not something you'd want forever. Oh, yeah. not sure when you're, when and what your next meal is going to be and things like that. So it's like that motivated you then to reach out to this. And I wonder if there's, um, we we're talking about the coddling of the American mind. If like someone doesn't believe that one, they have any power to change their circumstances, but also they're just kind of like give up on that voice inside that says you're meant for more mm -hmm. and it's just like whatever like and just kind of gives themselves to whatever that sound that sounds like a worse loss than the pain of failure or whatever you're talking about so i'm just interested to hear because this has been really helpful for me just for anyone who try is trying to get outside of that mm -hmm. but seems to be stuck and is trying to go against their deeper hardwiring and doesn't know what to do what would you say to that to address the first couple years yeah the subconscious things like that yeah well the jet there's a society called the jesuits and they said give me the boy until he's six i'll show you the man he'll become now that that was a long time ago like they proved that science is now saying i think from third trimester until seven years old that basically what happens in that time frame you you'll go ahead and live that out in a programmed way and science is they they've shown now that the subconscious, it's powered by 40 million bits per second, whereas your conscious on that, that same kind of level is 40 bits per second. So it's really saying, like, we're so programmed. I mean, you know, I could probably, like, like sing a tune and everybody else would sing the rest, you know, or maybe a, the sitcom or a show, a theme song on a show. You'd, you'd hear it, and then we'd be able to all sing it. Like, we're more programmed than we think. And I heard a quote that said that until we... If we've lived up until we've lived our life, until we ask ourselves our first question, then we've lived that life by default. And I had to think about that quote because, you know, what does that mean? You know, it's like until we've questioned anything that we do. So we say, I am this. That's just how I am. Like we, we say, I am, I am. Well, why are you the way you are? And so until we've dealt with that, then we've lived it by default through some type of programming. And so for me, I, I, I began to question that. Um, I would reference Dr. Bruce Lipton um, is where I began to kind of learn a little bit about this. And um, he began to talk about like the things that happen when we're young, if we haven't dealt with it, we end up having these struggles in our current life. And if we don't, if we don't go into that, and a lot of people call this a paradigm or what we believe, if we don't take a paradigm shift to it, will continue to live out this and live this struggle out. So even um, if on the conscious level you're trying not to. Exactly. Because which is the most frustrating. It uh, perfect segue because he, he says, "Hey, raise your hand if you've ever heard a message, read a book, 
even a podcast, anything we've ever done in life, and has your life changed? Has your life really ever changed? Think, I mean, think about that. You've read a book. Maybe it kind of helped a little bit. It kind of got you through. But really, has it ever changed? He says, because that is entering your, that's your conscious mind. But what we have to do, he said, you have to go back and go back to how your subconscious learned. Your, your subconscious doesn't know right or wrong. It's just a tape recorder. So it's recording everything that happened through seven years old. You're just recording, 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 and you're starting to put that into motion. And so what happens is, like, if you don't go back, and thank goodness we have the luxury to re-record and record over that. If we don't go back and record over that, we're going to live out oftentimes what our parents have done and, and so forth. And so, so what we have to do to kind of like make this a little easy, the way he says it, is like, hey, that's great, all this information, but how do I, how do I get through this? He's like, well, that's easy. Just tell me what you struggle with. Because whatever you struggle with is what you haven't introduced a new paradigm statement to. So we all believe one way, and it's leading you to a lot of struggle. Maybe people, man, every relationship I get into, it just doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work. Well, is it their fault? Is it your fault? Like, what is it why it never works? And so I think we start with humility. We start with some awareness. We start with just trying to figure this thing out. And we might find that maybe it might have something to do with us. <laughs> but that's okay. We, we don't have to live it. We don't have to continue in it. We can just introduce what the struggle is. And the way it works out is we introduce an opposite statement. And we don't have to get too much into the weeds just in this moment. But, but we introduce an opposite truth statement to that. And then we go back to how we learn when we were when the subconscious learned. It learned through repetition, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Um, to, to, to continue, make sure I'm you know, keeping it straight with the way he teaches it. And I, I love it. And I think a lot of people have adopted the way he's teaching this is that there's another way you can learn this, which is through a tragedy in life. And so say a person never says, I love you to somebody. And all of a sudden, the person they truly do love passes away. They live in regret. Everybody they meet now they say, I love you to them, you know, I mean, there's just constantly. So they had to take a big hit to get something that maybe they could have learned or developed through, you know, just, 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 you know, any other way. But, but sometimes we need to get hit in life. I think we all have been, I have been, definitely have been. And, um, it sounds like, so. it's almost like the tragedy or the amount of pain you're experiencing snaps the subconscious on to it like re-record something and add that in that's it even back to the seven-year-old that you're just like a sponge taking it all in but it's like new thing we got to be aware of this and add this into the subconscious. it introduced what well, they say the subconscious either pursues pleasure or avoids pain so if we we have to understand that so right now if that tragedy hurts so much you don't need repetition you don't need a b c d f g it felt so much pain that it will never, ever experience that pain again. It will avoid it at all costs. Mm. So if that person never said, I love you to somebody, and that person passed away, the, the emotion and the agony and the, the mourning and the regret of it all, it felt, it hurt so bad mm. that in their life, they never will experience it again. They're just going to be like, I love you. I just met you like last week, man. You're I just love you. And so it's going to be, it's going to just come out because if we're going to pursue pleasure or avoid pain, that's all it's looking to do. And so... So that's the best way like that I, when I learned this, I thought, man, I don't I want to experience a tragedy. I don't want to experience this. And, and so what I want to do is prevent it. And so I want to repeat it. And so any struggle in my life, I look at it and I, I just try to think, man, okay, if I've gone through this, what is that, what is that statement? And I haven't jumped into it because I know it would take a little bit um, just to stay on track with you guys. But, but there's a statement that you want to introduce that's the opposite of what you've been struggling with. And so if you can come up with that and then you can repeat it throughout the day and you can affirm these things like I am this, like 
somebody might say, ah, oh, man, I'm just a, I, I'm worthless or, and I just don't amount to much. Maybe your, your, your parents spoke to you before, like you were seven, like we're talking about. And they said, oh man, you never amount to anybody. You're just like so-and-so. Well, at that age, the subconscious just took it in and it received it. So growing up, they'll sabotage themselves every time because when something good happens, boom, they don't really, they're not really, they don't feel worth that or they, whatever it may be, a great relationship, they, they believed it. So what they have to do, they have to go back and thank goodness we can reprogram and they have to say, hey, I am worth it. And so some people that are listening, they may have a spiritual aspect to them. There's verses for that. You know, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Or, you know, if, you're, if, you, if you take different contexts, I mean, Jordan Peterson is amazing. You know, we need, we need affirmations. We need to, to put something within us that says, you know what? I, I, I am more than enough. You know, I'm enough to the right people. You know, I'm not to the wrong people. So we, we have to like take in certain statements and we have to live by them. We can't live by the emotion. So, yeah. Jared, would you mind giving us yeah. maybe an example of this second layer kind of level two? And it almost sounds kind of like, um, have you read Thinking Fast and Slow? I haven't read that, no. I, it, I think they talk about that same kind mm-hmm. of uh, analogy. There's like a level one mm-hmm. conscious thinking, a level two subconscious thinking, but... Um, give us maybe an example or tell us a story of when you rewired that subconscious uh, th- thoughts that you were having prior and, and, and rewired that to uh-huh. your advantage. That's a great question. I, I know earlier I mentioned competing values. I learned from Tony Robbins talking about, hey, I want to be great, but hey, I have perfectionism. He calls them competing values and when it does, it paralyzes somebody. And so for me, my thing was this idea of perfection, like why i had to first say the first thing that you are is normally accepted by society even if you're like a victim like oh man but but with with perfectionism it's kind of like i had to ask myself why you know why am i needing everything to to be a certain way and i said oh i just like it and i i came up with this thing called uh uh five why deep so ask yourself five like like why five times and so why why am i perfectionist oh because you know like things in order like everybody agrees oh that's great you know uh, but but then I kept asking myself, well, why do I like things in order? Uh, well, I, you know, I think it, it just keeps things good and I feel good. Well, why do you feel good? Because if it wasn't, I would just feel off. Like I would, I would be, it seemed like my day. Well, why if, if something's not off or something in your house doesn't look great or things are not in order, would you, be, would you feel a negative feeling? Uh, because, oh man, I, I remember when I was younger and I didn't have things in order um, and I'd get in trouble, you know? Oh, well, it's okay. Like, you get in trouble. People get in trouble. Oh, it wasn't just any type of trouble. I, I would really feel a level of uh, unacceptance. Like, I couldn't, like, like I wasn't valued. And, and I always said love without, like, discipline without love, I, I just say, is abuse. And, like, if you, you can discipline somebody, but there's no love behind that. So I felt, I kind of felt like I was, I was really in a position where I was feeling rejected and, and not accepted. And the only way to be that is to make sure I had everything done right. And so for me, that's what I'm talking about. When, when you start thinking, oh man, that perfectionism, I had to go deep and say, okay, failure would be the opposite of perfection. So if I want to be great, like if you study business and things, you, you need to fail. I think the average millionaire, they, they fail quite a few times. I think there's a couple of bankruptcies running around in there. So I, I, knew like, I, I knew I would have to experience failure and be okay with it and be willing to take a risk. I was okay knocking on the door and they say no to the lawnmower. They didn't know me, you know, they didn't, it's okay. I can just go to the next one, you know, but sometimes when you, today, if you want to be successful, you have to engage with people, you know, people know, like, you know, so for me, and this was a, actually, this particular thing that I've learned was just a couple of years ago. 
Um, and I felt like I really needed to dive into this. And I ended up finding, to answer kind of like specifically on this, is I needed that opposite statement I was just mentioning. Like, I know my sh- I struggled with failure. And so what was the opposite statement? You know, and so it actually came to me. And the opposite statement was that, a, that it was a message. It was a, a, like a sermon message. Um, somebody that I would really, really um, listen to and believe. And we all need that. We need to make sure it's the truth, whatever this opposite statement's going to be. And for me, this was this guy. And he said, a perfect life is one with imperfections. It's one with failures. And so when I, when I, when I, it was the first time I ever heard that, you know, because it almost spoke to that perfection part, but then it, it spoke to like this truth that meant like, oh, actually failures means a great life. And so by failures, it introduced a new thought process outside of my programming and that it would help rewrite like how I define who I am. You know, so I would say like now I'd be like, OK, in order and I had to believe it, I had to absorb it, I had to take it in, I had to think about it, I had to immerse myself in it. And so now as I began to think about greatness, I no longer had the competing value of perfection. Now I found that perfect, like failures actually is a stepping stone to being great, whatever I, I'm thinking great is to me. You know, so so that was one for me that I was able to just be like, man, let me. So that that would be my biggest thing, I think. And then I've just been questioning myself probably in little things ever since I've been learning this whole thing about programming. I mean, I if I say I am, I want to know what I'm saying. Wow. Yeah. So like anytime I hear this word I am, it is a it is like an alert in my mind. I am this like I am this like I am always stop. late. Man, hey, I do not. Right, and this is exactly because I have struggled with like being on time. Exactly, like it. What I've had to do is, and this might open up another door. Like I've had to see a vision of myself of being on time. So I never wear watches, and so like I was even a few minutes beyond the night. You know what I mean? I mean, I miss my exit. I'm like, yeah, and it means a lot to me because I really care about. So I see a vision of myself of, of a guy who's on time. I never wear watches. I bought a watch. Right? What does a guy do that's on time? He, he has a vision of what it is. He, he, that guy wears a watch, you know? So that, that starts to, like, these things, like, I am, oh, no. Like, if I ever say I am and it's a negative thing, I, I, I'm, I'm at that point now. It's like, it's just hurting me. It's hurting wow. the people around me. It'd be hurting my, my, my kiddos, you know? So, right. so I'm, I'm constantly questioning myself. You so I'm, yeah. you're kind of speaking to it. So this is a perfect time for me to ask this. Because this is a question that I actually want to know. Not that I don't want to know the other stuff, but specifically to you, since we, I've got to know you and things like that. How do you gain the confidence after the life circumstances you've had growing up, the feeling like you've been left hanging, the pain you've experienced in relationships, like all that stuff? Where do you get the confidence to jump back in the game and even go, not just go back at it, but go even harder? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think you kind of spoke to it a little bit, but I'm still curious, like, yeah. to somebody who's just been getting, like, continually beat down, losing hope, I've been there, yeah. to, to not only get in the game, but, like, go all in again, like, where does, where does that come from? Wow, I, I man, it, 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 maybe I can answer it a couple ways, but if I could, if I could say, I think when, I think growing up without that instilled Maybe, maybe, maybe growing up, I think, kind of formed in my mind this idea of because I didn't have a, a father in my life, I didn't really have. I know this is a unique way to look at it, but this is how I looked at it: is I didn't have a limit on me. I mean, imagine a great father. Even a great father sometimes can put natural limitations. I never had a limit, and my mom was in a situation to where 
she couldn't necessarily do a few things. And then there was a time when I was young and a moment's notice, we had to leave the house we were living in. That exact same house I was telling you about where I did those lawns and I came back from that vacation. I'm in a new home. In a moment's notice, that evening we had to leave. And so there was nowhere for us to go. My mom actually had a friend and we stayed there for a few nights until we can figure it out. But in that moment, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad thing for me. It was an adventure for me. It was an, it was an opportunity for me because of so, so little that I was able to kind of control in my life. And at that, up to that time, because of all the circumstances that, that I didn't really have the childhood, like most people had, I felt like this was an opportunity to do something great. And I didn't have, we didn't have a limit. And she was in a position where, I mean, I could help her. And, you know, and, and a lot of times, you know, in my life, and I've shared this story, it can be kind of like, oh man, that stems from so much. But, you know, I, I, I feel like, I was used in that moment to help not only my mom, but really us in, the, in that situation. And so um, I think maybe to kind of answer that more is that there wasn't really a limit on me. And so because I didn't have some of the, the different things that maybe other people had at an early age, I um, in the midst of kind of a lot of a, essentially abuse when I was in when I was younger, um, there's a knock on, on the on the door and it was a guy from a Nazarene church that knocked on the door and he just said, oh, I didn't hear it all, but I just knew it was like something positive. And, and it, my mom would later tell me that the next morning he'd be picking me up to take me to church. I was a, it was a Saturday afternoon. I'll never forget. I was five years old. And um, I went from feeling, you know, this place where there was police at the house with the, 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 the kind of the abuse that was happening with my, my biological father and my mom and things like that. And from that to like seeing this whole other world with the kindest guy I've ever seen. He was so kind and a whole other environment. And, and I knew that other environment anyway because the school I was going to and my, my best friend that I had at the time. And I, I experienced those environments. But at the same time, it just showed me that, hey, I think I'm just a product of this situation. I feel like I'm a completely different person. And so, so for me, I think I, I've always just wanted because I felt like maybe I didn't give the best hand I feel like I wanted to show that, hey, although I am in this situation, this is not who I am. You know, I, I really felt like that, that it, and it was that. It was the junky cars that I had growing up. And I would ask my mom to drop me off, like, at a different place. I didn't want to be labeled because of something that didn't have anything to do with me. And so for me, I think a lot of that was birthed in that. I ended up playing basketball and things like that. And I just felt like, you know... Maybe, maybe I'm not like that height or this or that. And then like, I'm not, but I'm, I'm going to be relentless. And I remember almost fainting, like literally dragging myself to the water. And I remember getting up, pulling myself up. And side note, like I remember the best I ever played that evening. And that's kind of how it is. Like in sports, you know, like when you give it all you have, and that's kind of like how it was in life. Like I just felt like, man, all these things, the junker cars that we had, the lack of the money, the lack of a place to, to be, all these different things. For me, I was just never going to be defined. Like. I never wanted to define it. And even today when people want to do the personality test, like there's a trigger in me that I need to deal with. I don't want to be defined. I don't want to be, Jeremy, you're just this or you're just that. Like I, I want to be, I want to be above and, and I want to be great in all things. You know, I don't want to be like, I'm just this or I'm just like that. Maybe I am just one thing. Um, but, you know, I, I think, well, maybe I was a little introverted, but now I'm extroverted. You know, I feel like sometimes we put limitations on ourselves and all these different ways and, and maybe we should grow into different different aspects of our life. So for me, I, I think just you asking that question that pulled a little bit, bit bit out because I feel like that's where most of that really came from is that I've been so defined. Actually there's family to this day that hasn't really spoken with me because because of 
the, the other parts of the family members. So I think all my life I've been just saying, this is who I am. Like, I'm pursuing greatness. Like, I want to be great. Like, I, I want to be this. But at the same time, like, I know how I feel. And I'm not just doing this, like, for other people. Of course not. But, but I found out that I have a freedom and ability to create the life that I want to create. And it goes against culture stuff, I know. But, but, they, but again, they haven't experienced some of the things that, you know, that maybe, you know, maybe that I had to try to, like, vouch for myself. And, like, and that's why I got that job, that, to do that, to get that car. Because I wanted to get a brand new car. You know, mm-hmm. it meant so much to, to get that for myself and to do those different things. And so, obviously, it take more than one podcast to, like, kind of put that together. But, like, that, these are some of the things that are coming around that says I can kind of define what I want. And when I, when I heard Earl Nightingale and Og Mandino and they've come from these places – that they were their own limit, you know, and I knew that, that it was up to me, you know? Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Man. Yeah. Um, who do you, I want to kind of get to the rest of your story, leaving from the the part where we last got off, I think, which was, um, you're you're getting all these resources. You're, I think you're still at, um, the nutrition shop Mm -hmm. at this point, Mm -hmm. but before jumping into that, I want to ask, cause we've been talking about it a couple of times now these these affirmations or these um this this identity framework that you're using where you say i am this like Mm -hmm. what were the things that you maybe identify that you were telling yourself um in the past things that you were saying i am this that were maybe hurting you and how what do you how have you transformed what do you say that you are now yeah I, i would say i'm not i would in essence i don't know how it went but in my mind i would declare on myself essentially i am like I don't come, I don't, I don't know what advantage I have to wealth. I I, I don't have like a family that can speak to that. Or even though it wasn't in the exact I am thing in my mind, I was saying, this is kind of where I'm at, you know? And so I, I would say that I think I've really just struggled with the idea of like, I can really do this, but I haven't seen a whole lot around me that does it. Most of the time you see a lot of help. And so some of the times when I was even at like GNC and different people, I was in a very affluent area when I managed at GNC. And, and I would always look and see who would be willing to see something in me to help me. And that never happened. You know, I'd, my, my goal is I would just add value to people. I'd help people. I would do this. But, but, that, but I'll never forget the one guy that gave me what I needed. And that was that, that volume set. But so I think that I think sometimes the things that we need in life, it does come across us what we need. And I, I needed to know that I have what it takes. And what Earl Nightingale taught is that no matter where you come from, and this is also like going into it, like in a church situation that I went to in Houston, that basically said, no matter what railroad tracks you're on or where you come from in life, or no matter where you're at, you know, we all have that chance, you know? And so I think I just had this thing on me of like constantly survival. And when you when you live in scarcity like that, and I remember like, my mom getting constantly rejected for credit and, you know, like always getting declined. And I think that was the thing for me is that I can overcome this. I can have abundance in my life. This is not the, the, the destiny of my life. And that, that, and so, so to this day, I have a fruit bowl in my house. Like I have a fruit bowl and I keep that thing with fruit in it. And it represents, every time I see it, it represents abundance to me. Like I, I want to see abundance. I want to make sure I would rather live in a small place in a good area because I want to see abundance. Like I'll, I'll, less square footage, fine. Like, but I want to see everywhere I'm at. I want to see that there's abundance because I've I've come from this place. So somebody else might listen to this and may, they may think, man, I've just had a family, nothing but drugs. Like, 
I really didn't. I really can't speak to that. I really didn't have that. But somebody might say, "Oh, but," and so they need to see themselves a vision of that. I needed to have a vision, you know, that spoke opposite, you know, to what those things were telling me that I was. Wow. So, yeah. So how how did you go about creating those environments that would allow for you to have this mindset now of abundance mm-hmm. rather than scarcity? Uh, well, the first thing I love this quote. It says, "Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future." So for me, I always gravitated towards people doing great things. Like if they're doing something, and when I mean great, it, it's not necessarily superficial, but they were doing something to their potential and beyond. They were, they were, their life was like of character. They had integrity. We're not perfect, but they were trying to excel. And you know, one thing that Earl Nightingale says: success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal. And so for me, it's like when I'm seeing somebody like pursue it or I'm, I'm kind of, so I would make sure that my friendships and the people that I'm around were ones that were like, like either building me up or I was building them up or I'm learning from them. So that would be my first thing. My second thing, as I ended up mentioning, is that my environment, like where I live, I, I really want to see it. I just want to see something when I wake up that shows abundance. I want to, I want to be around people that talk about it. Um, some of the greatest things I've ever done is listen to podcasts where people are coming from that place. So I'm, I'm constantly having something in my ears. They say, what, what comes out of you is what, what went in you, you know? And so, um, and so if that means I have to create my own circumstance, which means if I have to send messages of encouragement to other people to create that, I'll do that. If I have to like read something to do that, if I have to watch something, um, I don't listen to anything that's negative. I don't listen to any music that's like negative or any kind of anything that's about the past or negative. I'm normally just well, I'll just pretty much shut that down. Like for me, I don't need any help going backwards. I need help going forwards. You know? Right. And so when I walk into Barnes and Noble, that kind of think about this, it hit me one day. There's no books on how to be negative. It's just you know how to be positive. You know. So life automatically. It's like this, like, what's that, the escalator? You know, it's, if you just stop, it's just going to pull you back. Like, you know, you have to, like, you have to actually move to move forward. And if you, if you just stand still, you're moving backward, you know? So, so I'll, I'll, that's a great question. Actually, I, I haven't really thought about that. But, like, just not consciously, so I think subconsciously, I'm thinking, man, my music, when I'm listening to podcasts, books, my people that I'm around, like, things that I'm aspiring to, that all is, it's all that. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's funny is the overarching idea that I think people have, I've had this sadly, is that if someone does that kind of thing, it's like they are, I I don't know why that's kind of, it's like when you're young and a kid tries really hard in school, he gets made fun of. Yeah. You know, it's like, it gets labeled as, oh, that person's a try hard or yeah. he cares some or thinks he's better than us or, mm-hmm. oh, you think you're so great. Like, and it's, it's funny cause it's actually not that the person is, I don't, I've never gotten the sense that you think that you're better than anybody. It's that, you know, it's a humility to say like, I need help. Like I need, I, I need people around me who are going to help me fulfill mm-hmm. my potential. I need to be consuming resources that are going to, fill me up yeah and I feel like that's the shift if 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 there's been one shift for me it's been that one like and I'll, I'll just share yeah. this really quickly a funny yeah. it changed from me thinking that like I would never talk trash really <laughs> in, in basketball yeah. like I would always you know because I heard that you know to play the game the right way is to not and, and I'm not saying one way or another this is just like a personal journey for me 
I actually felt like part of my maturity was to start talking trash. <laughs> yeah. Because it shows that I'm on the same level mm-hmm. with somebody mm-hmm. and I'm not better than them. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so that's I'm good. actually like engaging in the process of mm-hmm. caring and going all in. And that's authentic to me. I'm not, I'm not, by, it's not nothing personal or something like that. Yeah. But I'm just letting somebody know that yeah. like, you know, and mm-hmm. to, to me, I feel like that's actually a key part of being authentic to who you are. As opposed to just doing what you're mm-hmm. supposed to do, do the right thing, mm-hmm. you know, don't sit outside of the box, you know, accept your limitations, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's a safe path of least resistance mm-hmm. lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, and what mm-hmm. you're describing is anything but that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're bumping up against that idea. And it sounds like if you have somebody who's trying to put a limit on you and say, oh, that's just Jaren, he's mm-hmm. just whatever. Mm-hmm that's not a reality you're going to live into. You're not going to accept that. You're going to take that and reject that idea because you know different now. Um, And I feel like there's a lot of people, I think, I mean, areas in my own life, I think there's a lot of people who would be listening who have taken on a limitation that somebody else gave them, Mm. taken on an identity Mm. that is going to, unless that they go back and and reject that, put something else there. They're just going to keep living that out and be frustrated because they're going to give a ton of effort, Mm. maybe in another direction or something like that, but Mm. never, Mm. never kind of reach your potential. So what you're saying is so helpful. It's a practical way. You said the people you surround yourself with is key. The resources that you're consuming the, the vision that you have for yourself, you said, I see myself being on time. Like I picture myself as that. Mm-hmm. You don't just hope that you're on time yeah. or yeah. hope that traffic is, you know, whatever. Yeah. You're, you're taking those active steps. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's a beautiful kind of way to just like cast a vision. Um, I want to hear how, what happened after GNC. You said yeah. you went to a vitamin thing. But I just wanted to make that quick. That That's so that's so key. Yeah. So I appreciate you giving practical things. Man. Well. well, and if I could say, just reply to that right yeah. there real quick. Um, and, and people that maybe know me here and there, it's probably gonna be new to a lot of people, a lot of this, because I really, like you said, you don't maybe pick certain things up in me. I don't really talk a lot about this. I, I, most of my time, I, I really believe this, that, that, you know, most of the time, I'm just, I, I really am lighthearted. Most of the time I joke around a lot. I was actually with, some people the other day they're like oh you just laugh and joke around you're just laughing all the time i was like you know i do because i do take life seriously so i do laugh a lot and i don't really get people in on this i just try to enjoy relationships and so i mean I, that's a whole other thing it's just a relationship thing with me but but so i enjoy relationships so much i want to laugh i'm in the moment i'm where i like to be where people are and so like for this it's it's, it's awesome because i get to share you know a little bit about things but but um, but yeah, by no means am you know am I ever thinking like oh, it should be great, be great. I, I I think there'd probably be people surprised like to think that's how I've really thought so much. Like I really do like I think I've had to be this because like you said, I think it, it just comes from a place of like man, you know I've been here in in order to like achieve anything. Like this is what I've had to do, you know, mm-hmm. in so many ways. So. But, but, um, but yeah, you're not saying, oh, I'm just awesome. So I do these things. You're saying I do these things so that I can get to where I'm at. Yeah. It really is. And if I didn't, I wouldn't be where I'm at. No, it's, it's so true. I, I really feel like somewhere along the way, I just captured this thing that, you know, when you add value to people and you help people, number one, I, I just, at an early age, I felt like I had this thing of understanding people or encouraging people. So, you know, for me, I just, I found out that, you know what, if I can add value to people and encourage people, I can help them, 
you know, on some level, you know, that, 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 that helps everything, you Absolutely. know, you know, and so I just kind of, you know, I don't do it, you know, for me and my game, but if I can do that and some part of me, it's this fulfilling thing of like, whether it's a calling, we want to call it or destiny in my life. It's to, to help other people get to where they want to be, you know? And so this, all this that I've learned is not wasted it can go to other people to help them like move their life forward mm. and it gives me a sense of fulfillment that you know i'm being used to, to do that in, mm. in some way so yeah so but yeah so what i'm sharing with you guys is not something i i've shared really a lot of ever but but it really is you know a lot of it is you know it's just been the reality for me yeah. so that's but, awesome but yeah all yeah. right so yeah you're back you're at GNC. Yeah. You said you went to a vitamin shop after mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I was already in that same world. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it's and, easy to transition. Exactly. And, and so I ended up turning down that position where that guy said, oh, the money, just there you go. You know, because I, I felt like I needed, if I'm going to like commit, anytime anybody knows when they're in management, it can take much of their life, you know. So when he did that, he struck the wrong value chord in me. Mm-hmm. When he got excited about the money part, I was excited about the value part. And so for me, I was like, you know, that's not something that that you know i can't i can really like fake you know i can't really just be about the money and i knew in that type of position that's what was going to be asked for me so eventually i knew that eventually my the idea of entrepreneurship was going to start taking root and so that's what i did i ended up making a leap and and it's 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 pretty funny because from here uh there's so many different things i wouldn't take all our, our time jumping into it but i ended up taking a leap into entrepreneurship and when i when i took this leap um you know, I think the thing is that for me, it was more about the emo- emotion of it, the motion of it. And so whatever we're doing in life, if we want to be in a certain place, it's good to put yourself in the motion. And I encourage, you know, entrepreneurs or people that want to create things to just get themselves in a position where they kind of look like it or moving toward it. Because I really didn't make a whole lot of money at all, <laughs> like in the, some of the things that I jumped into. And I just felt like, man, but I'm in the motion of it. And that motion of doing it would later serve to kind of, then I'll be ready to do it. And then all the things that I learned going through all those little entrepreneurial things and all those things that were refining me and helping me and um, and all that. And I think it was James Clear, he said like, um, entrepreneurship, I'm gonna get this wrong, but essentially James Clear, the guy that did Atomic Habits, it's, he's becoming kind of more known now. Um, JamesClear.com, I'll plug that for him. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but he, he said that like essentially that entrepreneurship is really, it's like a self-growth engine disguised as a business pursuit, you know? So I think deep down there's something within me that's just because in order to be an entrepreneur, great, you got to put people first. You got to be selfless. You got to be disciplined because waking up anytime you want, going to bed anytime you want, it's really not freedom. Normally, when you're disciplined, it creates the freedom. Now I'm learning this, you know, a lot later, but it's really so true on that in that aspect. But uh, essentially, all the avenues that it takes to kind of set out and to do this, and it's such a journey. It's actually refining you all along the way. So everything that I was doing is literally refining me in every area, like. In every area of my life, I was being refined and, and doing these things. And so as I was learning all these things, I began to act, um, and I began to realize that I can help other people. So, and so I'm like, okay, and I've heard, you know, the more you serve, the greater you'll be, you know, like, okay, I'll serve a lot. That means I'm adding value to a lot. Um, Earl Nightingale said that whatever contribution you make to a society, you'll get in the form of reward. So I felt like, oh man, well, if I add value... And I help people from what I've learned and what I've gone through. 
then it'll 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 circle back to me somehow, you know. And so that's when that started, and I began to help other businesses grow. And so now I find myself in a place of business development for other people, and then and then simultaneously, you know, like I mentioned before, a little bit in the writing, you know, now. So I kind of I kind of went through all that, but yeah. in order to you know be because I, mean, I know one of yeah. the things yeah. that I, I want to hear is the app. The app, yes, yes, the app. That was um, I, I, I joined that with the uh, kiddo's mom that that we had. We started that, and what happened from that point on the app is that it took off in 2010 in the app store. Um, I, I basically was I literally fell in love with the app store. I've been in Photoshop and design, and I love to do design stuff on like large interface desktop interfaces. Um, but at this point, it was it was when this whole iPhone came out in January in 2007. Steve Jobs walked across the stage and announced that the computer company Apple was going to develop a phone. At that time, I was at Verizon and they were talking about something called the Chocolate. And I was like, okay, I don't know if Verizon is going to be like master this this amazing company Apple that I just discovered a couple years before that I just loved. Was and, the uh, Chocolate that was the phone? There was a phone, was phone called the Chocolate, right? The yes, music, right? Yes, it I was, remember that. It, you remember that? Yeah. yeah, it was like a little slide, like it'd slide yeah, yeah, up, yeah. and it, they were trying to put their own little music in it. You know? Right. And I was thinking, okay, I just started working at Verizon, and and so at this point, I was like, this company who I love, and I bought this magazine called I Create, and it was like the best looking, and I loved like Photoshop and creating, designing, and things like that. When I when I saw this, I was like, oh my gosh. Like they create computers, you know, they're going to create the best phone and they already were known for the iPod. And so when I, when I saw that, I just knew that this thing would just change everything. Well, like a year or two later, the, the app store was launched. And I remember saying out loud, the app store is going to be bigger than the iPhone itself. And, and so when that happened, I loved the idea of designing on a smaller interface. And so I had an, I had an idea that all, there's a ton of like these, there's all these wallpapers for guys, right? Like cars and like I mean, women, this and that. And I realized that um, there's not there's not actually anything for women, you know. And I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I serve women and men, you know. I'm not thinking of anything. I'm just like, hey, let me let me let me do something here. And so um, uh, the kiddo's mom, uh, she was in design and she got a new phone and she was doing a design for her phone. And I said, hey, would you be interested? Like, so you're already doing some creation of some wallpaper stuff. Would you be interested? If you wanted to do any more, like to come out with an app, you know, so that um, uh, she was willing to do it. We were pretty busy at the time, but she was willing to do it. And so within 30 minutes, I had a developer and I was ready to go to town to develop this whole thing. Well, in two weeks, the whole thing was launched. And I was like literally that morning on launch. It was uh, December of 2010. Um it was launched and ranked immediately and it got under um, the 10 in the, in the lifestyle category and the iPad was ranked. At that point, it, it took off. Like that first year just took off, took off, took off. And then um, I ended up having a, I woke up one morning with this idea of cases and I thought, well, people like the wallpapers, they like the cases, right? And so I was like, this is where a big, big failure ended up coming. Well, um, I ended up, um, we ended up coming out with a case store and it was a pretty pretty awesome case store. You can go there and you can see like hundreds of like little designs and stuff like that. This is well, a website? This is a website okay. at this point, yeah. And it was just a place you can go. Now, in 2010, you didn't really have a lot of custom cases. Or 2011, I think it was at this point. Um, you didn't have a lot of custom cases. And so um, so it was, it was like we had some people reaching out. It was on Pinterest. Well, one of the people that reached out was Dillard's. And so like Dillard's is a pretty big, you know, people do anything just to be in their local boutique store, you know, with their cases. So... 
I go from pretty much thinking like nothing to like all of a sudden Dillard's con like reaches out and this is kind of the failures that, that would come that I would learn from and you know soon have to like embrace but um, I basically wasn't prepared. I All those things in motion helped me get to that point but they wanted to see a sample and they wanted to see it ASAP and um, I worked with one guy like overseas to develop it and I would wait one or two weeks for the next very next sample all the while dealers like just send it to myself I should have had 10 guys you know I should have 10, 10 people working on it but simultaneously home goods if, if people if people have been at home goods they they reached out and although I kind of asked them to hold off a little bit um, um, when dealers didn't work out because it took it took the way it took I ended up uh, uh, going through Home Goods on that, so that 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 was like a big, huge. It was a big, huge deal because yeah. you couldn't get it to them in time. You, right, I couldn't and get just like... It was it was it was terrible, terrible. What a rookie mistake on that, something like that. I sh I should have had multiple people sending me tons of samples, and I it would just be where I'd literally have to get back to Dillard's and say, oh yeah, you know, um, could you give me just a little bit more time? And they switched buyers, they moved on and that was it. And they were wow. absolutely ready to place an order right then and there. I ended up doing, we ended up doing really well with Home Goods, you know, but then Home Goods pulled out of the, the tech side of things. And, and so that was that of that. But it, the, the experience of having the fulfillment center and all these things, you know, in life, like you really thinking that these things are possible in a moment's notice, you know, thousands are being produced, shipped to a fulfillment center, shipped to home goods all over the, the country, and um and then having um you know having that opportunity. But what a what a great thing to learn from and experience. And, and what you was know, your app called, and what was the tagline? That was uh it, yeah. This is, this is where Daniel gets it gets a big <laughs> laugh out of. It's now now it wasn't this. I will credit the kiddos mom for this. It was it's called Cupcakes. And it was called Treats for the Girly Girls. And so, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Hey, when you're, when you're an entrepreneur, you, you, just, you make it happen. Treats for the Girly Girls. You make it happen. Treats for the Girly Girls. You make girls. it happen. Yeah. And it was it's just still wallpapers? Around. Yeah, it's wallpapers that turn into um, uh, cases. And then it's turned to its own brand. And the brand is technically still alive today, actually. So, But it's, it's, it's still at an early stage. What were the wallpapers of? Uh, essentially, they were all just um, graphics. Basically, the idea was to put a calendar on the front. And then match that front, and this is 2010, with a back where the icons were. So if anybody has early recollections of the App Store yeah. with wallpapers, you would see that. Basically, I don't know of any other app that came before that that had a theme. So essentially, it was a calendar and it, it just graphic. There was, it, was non, it was a graphic-based photo. So it'd be, whether it be flowers or whatever it be, it would be theme-based. So January would be like New Year's, February would be all Valentine's graphics. They would all look different. A calendar on the front, and it would match the back, like the icons would match the back, right. and and it just totally took off, like so. It, it so was just a, a hit. <laughs> yeah. What does take off mean? Are you, what kind of numbers? There was over one hundred thousand, like um, like over a period of I don't know how many years, just within between two thousand, uh, basically eleven to I don't know two thousand, probably like sixteen, maybe something like that. Oh. I'm not quite sure, like like when it kind of really tapered off, which was another little business learning lesson, you know? Um, yeah, I, I heard this quote, only amateurs have a front end product. I never knew that. And so today I've understand what's called a value ladder. So, you know, essentially like introducing a product to, to eventually building that to your next product to scale your customer. That, that, that's all very common now. But then it was like, I got an app, you know, we got an app, like, oh, like cases. That was a great evolution. But, you know, when you have a brand like that and a community and essentially it became an expectation, um, I've been asked to, like, 
you know, revive that same brand. So, I mean, next time I come in the future, maybe that, that, you know, that brand has been revived completely, but it was a community of people who had an expectation on the first of every month, they would have a new set of wallpapers and they would see a new set of themes. And it was a very unique thing that took place in the app store. And um, I learned a tremendous amount from it. Uh, I learned a lot, a lot from that experience. Yeah. I mean, whether it's digital app development to actual hardcore tangible product, into a store because when I did all that management and things like that, I mean you had you had a planogram, you had shelving, you had end capping, and so for to go in now in a store on the opposite side and be the guy that or, you know be in coordination with those who like created something like that, you know that that was that was pretty cool. You know yeah. to be on the other end of a product opposed to checking out a product, I was actually putting a barcode on the packaging. <laughs> you know, wow. going through the the process of what it takes to actually have a product now. So yeah, wow. so so, yeah. so you take. A lot of these lessons learned from this first uh, entrepreneurial pursuit, create this app that blows up, and you know you, you you learned a lot of things along the way. Where you know fast forward into today, where where do you find yourself now entrepreneurially? What are you what are you? Up yeah, to? yeah, that, that's good. That's a good question. I do feel like I've been in a season to where um, things tapered in that business that I just mentioned. It tapered down. And honestly, I was ready for something newer. Like I was ready to like do something completely new. I like I was talking to one person, actually a mentor in my life, and um, she said, "Jeremy, sometimes you just need a breath on life. Like a, like you needed to take a deep breath." And I, I never really thought about it that way. Actually, when she told me, I, I paused everything and I stopped. And I was like, "Wow, I've been, I've been going from thing to thing. Like ever since I was young, like just going, going, going." And so after that tapered down and kind of kind of went the way it did I really needed to stop in life and just be like wow like you know I needed to get to really understand where I'm going to place who I am and what value I'm going to add moving forward and as I began to kind of do that I realized that the best course that I can ever do in this in this position in this season excuse me is begin to add value to other people all the things that I learned you know all the things that I've kind of gone through on any and anything that we're talking about, just like business wise, I felt like, man, I created like my site, or I like did this graphic design, or man, I had to get the LLC, and like you know, I care so much about the branding and the look of things and this and that, like within myself, with with what I could control. That when somebody's asking basic questions, I just felt like I could step in and just be like, oh man, I've done so much of this on my own. Let me help other people, and I think. It's also serving me to, to realize that the things that I want to achieve in life are probably going to happen through helping others. And then that'll kind of like put me in a position eventually that I, that I would want to be in. And so, um, so that's what I've been doing really the last really few years is really just helping other people. And I found myself in some pretty neat situations um, and fulfilling situations to do that. And now I'm kind of like, um, you know, doing some of this, this, other, this other writing stuff, which I didn't realize that that you know, would do. So, yeah. So it's kind of cool because yeah. I, I like that you answer questions intentionally and thoughtfully without putting a box around what, who you are, mm -hmm. you know, necessarily, mm -hmm. but the mm -hmm. kinds of work you're doing, it sounds like is consulting. Mm -hmm. It seems like you're doing project management mm -hmm. kind of with somebody who might have an idea, mm -hmm. a goal that they'd like to, but they don't know how to get there. That's right. So yeah, that's the kind of, services if you want to yes. be specific that you're offering right now entrepreneurially it, yeah exactly but it the thing is it's still not where i believe i will be like i still feel like i'm on like i still feel like i'm on my way it just so happens that 
that I am doing something that's fulfilling and it is helping a lot of people and I'm getting more and more proficient at it. But in, in so many ways, just to be just to be transparent, even in here, it's just I, I feel like I'm still I feel like it's still just the beginning. I really do. I just, um, you know, in so many levels, I, whether it's the, the, the writing thing that I'm talking about or just like helping other people, I feel like there's still so much more. I've always had a passion for you know, and I haven't used this terminology, but like residual passive income and, and things like that. And what does that mean? What does that look like? And, but, but being in this place when I, when I said this, this stop in life, this breath and taking a deep breath in life, that all that taking a deep breath, all that stopped. And I began to grow my mental side of things when we dived into Dr. Bruce Lipton and things like that, because I feel like what's ahead of me will need to have that foundation set. Mm. And so, so I've kind of gone up to this point and then I taken that deep breath, studied, dived in self growth, self development. Why am I the way I have been questioning those things, asking myself questions, growing side you know, projects. Yeah. Side, yeah. Yeah. Side stuff intermixed in, I was asked to do like, you know, help and do these, do the certain things when it comes to like, um, writing projects, side projects things like that. And it's, it's all given me an ability to step back and be like, okay, you know, all these things, all every brick I'm laying right now is for things to come. And so, so yeah. So I feel like, you know, really in so many ways, a part of me has culminated and is closed. And now like a new part is, mm. is, is, is kind of like in front of me, but I, I can't. And I, and I think that, you know, for those who like are, have a spiritual sense, you know, I would say that like sometimes God wouldn't, wouldn't allow maybe you to kind of get here until you have this foundation. Mm. And so I kind of feel like I need, I needed this. I need to, to have this type of understanding before I get, you know, to the next place. Yeah, so that's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in kind of bringing it like wrap and wrapping up and bringing it to a close, you shared snapshots of your journey that I would say, if I'm looking at it is a beautiful picture of transformation. Mm. And the beauty of that journey is that we we know that we're not, you know, a protagonist embodies the reality that they're not a finished product mm. and they've given themselves to that truth. So they don't have to pretend to be someone that they're not. Mm. They don't mm. have to live up to expectations and limits of others because they're afraid that, you know, this is all that I am and I have yeah. to try and prove myself. Instead, they're, and it seems like you, you know, live out that understanding really beautifully and I think it frees other people up to do that same thing mm. I'm curious if you would just kind of as a, as a closer what would you say kind of to your I mean maybe your former like self but to somebody mm. else mm. in a situation that it seems like there's limits mm. on them mm. there is good reason to believe that they're not in a position to succeed you know um, even the people that they trust to take care of them and provide for them you know, whether it be consciously or they're just not able to, or whatever that looks like, the, the, the odds are against them. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you say to that person? Because I feel like that you, you wouldn't just sugarcoat it or just yeah. try hard. Like, yeah. what do you say to somebody who's like, dude, that, that's great. But for me, like, uh, my situation's different. There's, yeah. there's no hope. You know, yeah. I'm not the protagonist. Mm. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and, and maybe that person's afraid to, to get in the game yeah yeah i would i would i mean the first thing that kind of comes to my mind is to, to do what you can to change your um environment 
Um, one of the things I like, if I, I don't really like that thing regret, but I, I have to be honest, I, I feel like if I could go back, there's a, a time period in my life and kind of the early 20s time period where I didn't do what it took to put myself in a community of people. Mm. And so now I'm in this community. It's amazing, you know, community of people. But I really kind of, because I started off as this kind of individual, had to kind of do everything I could on my own type. Like, I just felt like, well, I'll just continue that, you know? So if I could go back, I would make sure, like, to the guy, like, we're talking about or the girl that we're talking about, it's like, to put yourself in an environment and be brave enough to put yourself in an environment or people who are not really like you, but would but are going in the direction you would like to be. Mm. That takes a lot of, that's that protagonist. That's that person that's, that's that person that says, man, I'm just going to just take a step and I'm going to be the mentor of mine. She, she recounts a story about... Um, uh, her counselor telling her, you need to, to be in the mix with these other people moving this direction. And she still tells me that, like, in and out to this day. Like, I got in there, I did kind of some of the stuff that they were doing because our previous background doesn't look like, mostly won't, most likely won't look anything like where we're going. And so sometimes we just need to be in an environment where people, like, can affirm you and tell you, you know, your value and your worth because, oh, man, that's not me. That's not me. That'll never be me. But if you get around people, you just do your part to get around the right types of people moving forward in life. It, it'd be amazing how much that changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just I can't even speak to how much that changes. But if I would have put myself in a community of people in my earlier in my early 20s, man, I, I don't think, man, there had been so much that I think I, even more so I would have gone. I wouldn't have had to wrestle with a few different things, wouldn't have got into a few different situations that I, that I maybe could have prevented. And um, so that would be that. Would be that. I, I would say that anybody, listen, what, what you hear does matter. Like what you watch matters. A lot of times we think, oh, we're, we're good, I'm good, I'm good. But really it helps formulate our thoughts. Like if a, if a circumstance hit us, we're going to go to what we've seen. And so what we have to do is just, we have to like continually take in like positive stuff, read stuff, listen to great podcasts like this. And just, just whatever it is, you have to consume what it is that you want. Like if you want a great life and you want all, you see Instagram, all people traveling, all of you got to like map it out. You got to put a vision out, you know, forget about all this stuff, like get rich quick stuff, like map it out and ask yourself a question. Like, how can I add value? Like, where is it that I have a skill and be brave enough to say, man, even if I fail in this thing that I'm gifted at and good at, even if I fail in it, it's okay. Because it's actually going to like bring you to the next step and you're going to overcome. And, but you have to have a vision of each area you want in your life. And, you, and anybody outside that vision, you really want to kind of um, limit their, their input. Mm-hmm. You know? And so you have to kind of, you know, if, they're, if they're saying, hey, they're saying some negative things on you or they're saying they're declaring, hey, this is just who you are. This is just where you're from. This is just, well, you'll never kind of do that. Like you have to really just immediately start to kind of, you know, cut that out, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and this is about you. And it kind of goes back to when I first said, like, you know, you want to create your life and you want to walk into it. You want to create your life and you just got to walk into it. If not, you don't want to be toward the end of your life and then realize that you, you that, that pain that we were talking about, that hard thing, it may be hard now, but when you're older, it's going to be really hard. And you have to stop and think. It's not about just the moment. It's the future. And, and in that future, you know, what do I want to live with? You know, so for me, you know, I, w- I would say that's just a, an awesome, you know, yeah. an awesome first step. So, and then, you know, I'll say this, maybe part two in the future. We're not, it's not just, and this is maybe deeper, but, you know, there, we need to have an understanding, too, of just, you know, it's not just the intellect. It, it is more like if anybody's thought about a spiritual part of them, they need to kind of dive into that, explore that. Why, why do you do what you do? 
because that kind of sometimes shifts our mental and then and then it, and it, 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 it sometimes it can explain the story a little bit deeper too but yeah a little cliffhanger for someone in the future i guess yeah maybe so. have you back yeah dude um so i just want to say are there resources grant's always good to ask but i'm gonna ask this one are there ways people can connect with you either on social media or you, you have a website you're single yeah i am i am i so, am and it looks like it's supposed to be that way for for now, I guess I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I think you. I mentioned something the other day, and you guys were like, "Oh, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, man, you know, y'all look out for me, y'all look out for me." So, <laughs> look out for me. <laughs> so uh, but yeah, yeah, what? How can uh, people locate you? I yeah, that's a that's a good question. You know, I was I was asked to do something previously, and I had a I had a thought about some things, and and I said, well, what I would call it is your ultimate life. That's what I'd call it. So I actually have a site. It'll be it, it should be ready in January, but it's your ultimate life. So if anybody wants to email, you can just, just go to, like, you can just send it to hello at yourultimatelife.co. It's not .com, .co, yep. yourultimatelife.co. And essentially, it's just, it's just going to be tools and resources for people, whether it's the spiritual side, the mental side that we talked about, the programming, body, nutrition, supplement, food, energy, everything, like, all the way around your purpose in life and things like that. Mm. That's kind of where I want to kind of start putting that in. So I'm looking at just early 2021 just to kind of you know, have that as a resource. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, obviously this podcast and really just um, for me, it's been all over YouTube, man. I mean, podcast, the podcast world and then YouTube, but just constant resources on that. But yeah, gotcha. but yeah, I appreciate you asking. So awesome. Yeah. Man. Well, Jaren, thanks for uh, spending time with us this evening, mm -hmm. sharing some, some nuggets of wisdom and uh, mm -hmm. just your experiences, man, are awesome and inspiring. And uh, yeah, dude, we look forward to, to having you on again sometime soon. And diving deeper um into into more of those just awesome tools to to get better and continue to grow um so thanks for being on man and uh yeah just honored to be in the mix with you tonight so awesome thank you grant daniel it is absolutely an honor truly to be here more than i can say in this moment so thank you guys absolutely yeah. awesome yeah all right that's a wrap man